podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Things move quickly in Mark's gospel. We know that in our family because we read through the gospel from beginning to end, and then we read John's gospel, and now we're in Luke. But in Mark's gospel, everything is immediately. And immediately they did this, and then immediately did that, and it just seems like you're almost out of breath by the time you finally get to the crucifixion, resurrection of Jesus at the very end of the gospel. Now, by Mark chapter 1, verse 14, already John has been arrested. Jesus is back up in the Galilee, which is the far north of Israel, and he finds himself calling together a group of disciples. Only 14 verses into the gospel narrative, according to Mark. So here we hear Jesus by the side of the Sea of Galilee calling, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, to Simon, who will become known as Peter, or Petra, the small rock, Andrew, James and John, the sons of thunder, and all of them become disciples first, and then apostles, starting out first as learners, and then eventually becoming the ones sent out into the world to proclaim the gospel. The question is, this morning, what does this gospel have to do with you and I? None of us that I know of are professional fishermen, unless, of course, Les happens to be on the call this morning, but I don't have everybody up on my screen. So, Michelle, if you and Les are on, I apologize. You might be the only fisherman that I know that would be on this sermon or on this worship service today. Most of us are not. So the question then is, for those of us who are not fishermen, is Jesus also calling us to be fishers of men. Let's be clear from the outset about what this text is not. This text is not about whether Jesus calls everyone. If by call, we mean that Jesus wants us all to be his disciples and his students, because that is in fact true. Jesus does call all of us as we just sung about in our sermon hymn for this morning. King David writes in our psalm for today, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. You do not have to be a king of Israel or a fisherman or anything else, in fact, for Jesus to want you and to want what King David writes about God to also be true for you. The call of Jesus, that we find our salvation from sin, eternal life, and our strength for living in him, goes out to each and every one of us today. Lord willing, you will also hear it tomorrow and the Sunday that is yet to come and for the rest of your life. That call is for the whole world. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. So the truth of the matter is, first of all, whether you're throwing nets out into the Sea of Galilee or you're resting in a bed at home, praying for your family and your friends, for your city and for your world, or you're summing up columns in spreadsheets, or writing new code, or whatever it is that you're doing with your day, 
softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling poor sinners, come home. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Believe the gospel. That's what's happening in our first reading for this morning from Jonah. Jonah, called by God with a specific task to preach a message that would be in Nineveh for all people, for everyone. Every single person in that city heard the call to repentance. Everyone, no matter what their profession, their trade, their occupation, or their position. And in the very same way, Jesus calls everyone to place their faith in him as the one who forgives, who gives life, who reconciled us to the Father, who reconciles us to each other, who is there in good times or in bad, each day, in and out. But secondly, let's also be clear about this, that this gospel reading is very specific to these four men. They had been fishers of men or fishers of fish, and now they would have a new vocation of fishing for souls. Matthew, or Levi, was a tax collector. He was also called by Jesus to be a disciple, but Jesus does not call him to be a fisher of men. Neither, for that matter, does he call him to be a collector of souls rather than a collector of taxes. Jesus is calling these four men to a unique once-in-a-generation vocation to be his apostles, to be his sent ones, to be ambassadors to the world bearing the call of Jesus that we just spoke about, to preach the gospel that was just shared with you. At his resurrection, Jesus first appeared to a group of women at the tomb. To Mary Magdalene, as we know in John's extended account, to Salome, and to all of the others who went there on that first Easter morning. Each and every one of those women was called, just as you and I are, to continue putting their faith in this Christ who was crucified, but has now been raised from the dead. But the eleven get special treatment in Mark's gospel. Mark chapter 16, the gospel writer says, Afterward, Jesus appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. But then he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. It was a unique call, a unique vocation given to those 11. The beginning of what we now call in our small catechism, the office of the keys, the call to proclaim forgiveness of sins and life in Jesus's name to a world that is tossed back and forth on oceans of despair and guilt and fear each and every day. Even as a pastor, Pastor Paul can attest to this. We do not have the same call as the apostles did. We are successors in the footsteps of the apostles. But when we open our mouths, the word of the Lord does not come out automatically unless we are also speaking the words of the prophets and the evangelists and the apostles appointed by our Lord. Whether in what we call the Old Testament or what we call the New Testament. So first two points. We're all called by Jesus to the gospel. 
but these men were specifically called to a very special vocation. So given those two points, there is a third thing that we need to say today. While you are not each called to be fishers of men, you are each in a vocation to which God has called you. And God is serving the world through the work that he has given you to do. This last week, we celebrated as Americans, those of us who are, the inauguration of a new US president. It was definitely one for the record books, done under a time of incredible high security, under a time of pandemic. And the evening of Inauguration Day, which is usually an evening of hugely expensive balls and beautiful gowns and tuxedos, was replaced by a TV special. And yes, that TV special featured the new president, the new vice president, and a bunch of other people in authority. But it also featured garbage collectors, a UPS driver, a young preteen boy with a stutter, frontline healthcare workers, and many, many others. Whether you were the president or the paper boy, you could find yourself in that show because everyone there was an American and every vocation was essential in its own way. If every Christian was a pastor, what a mess the church would be in. As St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Pastor Cray, our regional director, and I were talking this week on the phone about the concept of teams. We were getting some pushback from certain people in our church body saying that missions is really all about the pastors. Pastors are essential. Pastors plant churches. And so we need more pastors and less of deaconesses and directors of Christian education, and musicians, and lay people. Now, like flour to bread, as my wife who bakes the bread in the house can attest, we are an essential ingredient. If there is no flour, there is no bread. And if there is no pastor, there cannot be an assembly of the gathered saints. But anybody who's made bread before can equally say no yeast, no bread. No liquid, no bread. No sugar, well, you get bread, but it's not all that tasty. So which of these ingredients is the most important? Which is essential? Isn't it fair to say they all are? Everyone has a vocation today. It may be to be in prayer for your world. Too often I visit seniors who might be in a residential home or by themselves or uh, in different places and say, well, what, what's the point of my life? Why am I here? You have a vocation of prayer. You have the time that so many of us don't have to be lifting up in prayer those all around you. It may be your vocation is collecting taxes. And as hated as that has always been throughout history, it is still essential. 
It may be writing code. It may be looking after young children. It may be visiting those who need visitation. And if you don't know what your vocation is, speak with me. And in my vocation, I will help you discover what yours already is. But whatever it is, our calling that is similar and is true to all Christians is to be of service to our neighbor. It is in so doing, serving our neighbor through our vocations that the Lord is at work in the world. It is in so doing that what Paul wrote in Ephesians is accomplished. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them because he has already laid out the path. But our calling to serve our neighbors always and only flows out of the very first calling that we talked about at the very beginning of this time of reflection. That calling that all of us have from Jesus, which is the call that we have in the gospel. Why is it that Peter and Andrew and James and John could fish for men? Because they were first and foremost called by Jesus and made his followers. Why is it that Paul could write all the letters that he wrote, including our letter for this morning to the Corinthians? Because Jesus called him to be an apostle. And why can we be God's servants to the world? Because first and before anything, God has called us in Christ by name. He has baptized us. He has cleansed us from our sins. He has given us a clear conscience. He has made you and I his own. We are his brothers and sisters and therefore children of the Heavenly Father. That is the calling that we share with James and John and Peter and Andrew and Paul, pastors and people, all together as brothers and sisters in Christ. I usually start thinking about sermons on my day off on Monday morning. And I read through the texts and then I think about them for a few days. And as I was thinking about this gospel text, I was a little bit stuck. Like, what do I, how do, how do I take this text and make it applicable to where we are today and what people are going through right now during this time of pandemic? People, whether they be in the Cayman Islands or the Dominican or here in Montreal. So I did what a lot of married pastors do, which is I talked about it with my wife. And Deb was the one who said, isn't this gospel about vocation? Isn't about the way God works through each and every one of us whom he has redeemed and saved and baptized and set us loose in the world in all of these different ways to be of service to our neighbor that God might continue to be at work. Deb's not a pastor. She didn't write the sermon, but she is a Christian. And just like you and I, she has been called into Christ. And so God used her to help me explain this passage to you and hopefully make it relevant. If it's not, it's not her fault. It's mine. And so the word from this gospel to all of you is simply this. Go, therefore, in the name of God the Father who has called you to membership in the body of his son, Jesus, who keeps you united in that body by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is that you do today, do it unto the Lord 
Whatever service you give today, serve unto the Lord. You may not be fishers of men, but there is work the Lord will do through you because he has saved you and made you his own for that very reason. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'd like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.